Before we begin, for those of you who are not at Hoodie Maben on Twitter and are wondering, it's September 27th and the Irish are undefeated. Yankees Files podcast, we are back. I'm Will Harris, you're Alec Whipple, the rest of you probably just saw your favorite baseball team go on a six-game winning streak to retake sole possession of first place in the wild card race. If the season ended today, very early on this Monday morning, the Yankees would host a playoff game. Uh, They're coming off a huge sweep of the Red Sox up at Fenway, a sweep that likely affirmatively shows that Whipple was a curse and rather not that the curse is broken. Uh, as Giancarlo Stanton hit a grand slam on Saturday and a huge two-run home run on Sunday to propel the Yankees to victory in two games that it looked like they were near certain to lose. Whipple, um, this team has been so up and down. Uh, I'll get into their playoff odds in a little bit. Uh, Just tell me how you're feeling, especially as compared to last week and prior weeks when we got very close to Requiem for a season territory. Tell me how you're feeling about uh, this team and what they've shown you in the past week on their six-game winning streak. No losses between recordings. Well, I, I think the curse is lifted in the fact that after this, I don't really think I can go back to Fenway ever again. Um, so that, that makes me feel good because I don't really like Fenway. And I'm glad to contribute to the team's success without actually doing anything. Um, and boy, did the team have success this week. And I think the biggest thing is this, the Yankees team has been up and down all year, but the biggest, I guess, thing that they haven't been able to do even during their hot stretches is come up big when it mattered. And by when it mattered, I mean in series against the Red Sox and uh, more recently series against the Blue Jays. And so many times this year we've had, you know, this is we've hyped it up as the biggest series of the year. The series the Yankees have to win if they want to stay in playoff contention. And this one was really one that they, if they wanted to host a playoff game and secure a playoff spot, and granted, they haven't done that yet, but they they had to win this to at least get a good chance of hosting the wildcard game. And not only did they win the series, they swept it. And they did it in heartbreaking fashion. And it's just great to see this team that has taken a lot of punches this year actually deliver one back. And maybe more than anything, that made me more excited about their postseason chances because I think at Sunday night's game, there was a lot of little things that went against both teams. But in the end, the Yankees got they got the lucky breaks and they capitalized. And that is something they've not been able to do this year. And that's something that the best teams need to do. And I'm sure we'll talk about it more. But um, to, to see this team not have to leave a stadium with their, their heads hanging after – um, trying to get into it with another team, delivering. Um, yeah, I mean, I think as own, far as it, I can tell, really Giancarlo Stanton is actually no the mayor of Boston now. Uh, he hit two massive home runs, a third that might have been the most physically impressive, the one that he flicked into the bullpen uh, oppo on Friday night. It was just in a less competitive game. Um but then two absolutely massive home runs uh, over the monster and out of the stadium. The grand slam to give the Yankees the lead uh, on Saturday when it looked like they would not do anything offensively. They could hardly muster anything against, was it Nick Pavetta? I think it was. That was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. Um, and then 
after the Yankees relinquished the lead on some small ball and some pretty embarrassing errors that A-Rod salivated over because that jerk with 696 home runs is encouraging teams to bunt and steal all the time as if that's what made him a good player. Uh, the Yankees took it back with doubles and homers. And uh, Stanton... Yeah, I mean, I think there's no better way to say it than uh, everyone on the Red Sox is his son, and he is the mayor of Boston. I mean, after those two home runs, he posed, he watched them, he bat-flipped. The barrel-in-hand bat-toss that he did after the two-run home run on Sunday is one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen. It is very clearly the bat flip that Didi Gregorius thought about doing when he hit the Grand Slam in uh, the 2019 ALDS. And it was just great to see because, you know, I know that we've had a discussion similar to this on the podcast before, but Giancarlo Stanton, you know, uh, maybe unexpectedly, is one of the most embattled Yankees. He gets a lot of crap from the fans despite the fact that all he really does is produce. Um, you know, he's hit 34 home runs this year. Uh, for those of you who care, he's second on the team in batting average, second, of course, to Aaron Judge. And, uh, I mean, his September has been ridiculous. He has 26 hits in the month, which itself is great. Uh, nine of them are home runs. Um 11 of them are extra base hits. Uh, he has 22 runs batted in in that time. He's hitting 300 with a 958 OPS plus in that span. Or, sorry, a 958 OPS. It feels like a 958 OPS plus these last few days. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton has just been an unstoppable force recently, exactly when the Yankees have needed him. He's been a key part of this uh this six-game winning streak that they're on, and frankly, they're going to need him in this Toronto series if they want to put away the Blue Jays, and it just feels like he's getting hot at exactly the right time. Yeah, and I think his performance this weekend really exemplifies the biggest issue and this weekend's strength with the team and something that we, and you specifically have talked about ad nauseum almost every week. And it's the the um, the difference between hitting ground balls versus hitting fly balls and more specifically hitting home runs. And I just think back to the Boston series in July and some of those close games could have been Yankee wins if one player had just hit a home run. And it was interesting because I think there was one home run that the Yankees hit in that whole series. And that was a four-game series. And they played a lot. Most of those were very close games. Some were late-inning losses. One was a late-inning comeback. But the point is, this weekend's games were probably would have been just as close if Giancarlo Stanton, and most of them would have been either Yankees losses or Yankees very close wins if Giancarlo Stanton didn't come up with the long ball. And it's such an important part of the this team is the ability to clear the bases and not just get dinky singles or um you know ball, uh, hits that will get one or two guys in the the grand slam i mean they you know a single would have given them the lead but the grand slam really secured that game and made it um made it a win uh, especially in the ninth inning when um chapman gave up a home run you know imagine if that was um if the yankees were up by a smaller amount like it, it was it was the difference between a comfortable win and a close win or sometimes a close win and a close loss 
And if that's, you know, if that's how the Yankees are going to play baseball, they're going to have a lot of success because the Yankees team, even though earlier in the summer they were winning with a lot of guys in the COVID IL playing more small ball, it wasn't something that was sustainable. And I think it led to a lot of issues um, that we complained about in the last few weeks where the defense was under more of a spotlight and, um, the offense was under a spotlight when they weren't coming through in certain situations. But a lot of the situations we learned this weekend can be alleviated when you just hit balls out of Fenway. Um, if only it was that easy for everyone. But thankfully, it's that easy for John Carl Stanton, who, as you said, probably did win the mayoral race in Boston about a month early. Um, but the, and the other thing this weekend that was just encouraging is... Um, Actual, you know, handling a division opponent pretty, not that those games were easy, but um, all of those games were convincing wins. And we've seen this year, you know, the struggles against the Red Sox, I think, are still being, from earlier in the year, are still being amplified. But the, after getting swept in the first two series against the Red Sox, the Yankees went won nine of their last 12, and they really should have won the season series because two of those games in the Boston series in July were terrible losses. Um and that's, you know, if they play the Red Sox at home in a wild card game, I don't think Red Sox fans, should, the Red Sox should be confident at all. I think the Yankees have their number in the second half of the year at this point. And through some close games, through some blowouts, um, they've really just stuck it to the Red Sox in every way possible. And it reminds me a lot of 2009 when that year the Red Sox won, I think, the first eight game against the Yankees or eight of the first nine. And the Yankees actually came back to win that season series because of a lot of series wins in August and September. So if you're trying to look at narratives, um, there's definitely a clear path. And that Yankees team didn't face the Red Sox in the postseason. But I think by the end, they were a definitively better team. And I'm, at this point, I'm kind of thinking in that about this team, too. Yeah, I mean, I think the... The 2009 comparison is one that I want to make, too, because of just how similar the arc of the season series against Boston has been to that year. Obviously, you know, the 2009 Yankees were the best team in baseball. Um, Like the current team, they had one of the best starting pitchers in baseball. Um, But, yeah, it's, it's really, I think it's a credit to the Yankees that they were able to overcome being just repeatedly beaten by Boston occasionally in really stupid ways. Um, you know, I continue to come back to that pitch that Rugnet Odor was called out on um, really early in the season in that game that went to extra innings. Um, like the Yankees have taken some tough losses against Boston this year and it felt really satisfying to deal out a couple of tough losses this weekend um especially when they're so critical in the playoff race and i think you hit on something really important which is the Yankees were you know, slugging percentage points away from being a much better team this year. And they hit a ton of ground balls and they did not play offense in a way that is going to win you games in 2021 for a lot of the season. With that said, the Yankees and you know, there's probably room for debate about whether this is luck or skill. The Yankees are one of the luckier teams in baseball when it comes to their record compared to their run differential. But 
honestly, you know, look, if the roles were reversed, if the Yankees were the Red Sox and the Red Sox were the Yankees, and I saw this team with an 83 and 73 Pythagorean win loss, uh, kind of on my heels and then passing me, I wouldn't be very impressed. Especially if I were the Toronto Blue Jays, who have a 95 and 61 Pythagorean win loss. But run differential and Pythagorean win loss cannot tell the whole story. There's something that the Yankees are doing that allows them to win close games. Whether it's been the couple stretches of dominance that Aroldis Chapman has had, whether it's been uh, you know, the brilliance of Jonathan Lewisaga throughout most of the season, who I hope they'll be getting back but haven't really heard much about, so I'm a bit concerned. Whether it's been... I think he's supposed to come back tomorrow or Wednesday. Well, that would be particularly pleasing. It shows you how plugged in I've been. Sorry, it's a college football season. Um, I'm also very busy. Um, uh but whether it's Loisaga's brilliance, whether it's Chapman's stretches of dominance, whether it's an incredible effort from everyone on the starting pitching staff minus Andrew Heaney uh, throughout basically the entire year, um, you know, the emergence or resurgence, depending on how you want to characterize it, of guys like Nestor Cortez. The Yankees are doing something that allows them to win close games. And we saw it a couple times uh this weekend, you know, the Saturday's game ended as a two-run game. Uh, Sunday's game didn't get that close after the blowout inning. But, um, you know, these are games that were close late that the Yankees found ways to win. And it's funny because if they were simply playing this way, you know, playing to the talent level and skills of the guys on the roster for the whole season, they'd be a much better team. And I wouldn't have to talk about the luck factor or dismiss it in the way that I have. But look, over a small sample size, any team can get lucky. The freaking Royals won the World Series with like a 98 WRC plus team. The Yankees could do that. Uh, and, you know, they're going to have the toughest possible path relative to the way this season has gone, you know, between, between uh, you know, having to potentially go to Fenway, depending on the rest, how the rest of these games shake out, and then almost certainly having to play the Rays if, uh, if they make the ALDS and... Um, you know, it would only be then, after playing the Red Sox and the Rays, that the Yankees would get to play a team against whom they have a winning record this year. But I just think it's great that, you know, despite the fact that seven days ago, the Yankees' chances to make the playoffs per baseball reference were, you know, about 17%, and now they're 75 Um it's just really nice that we are getting to play out this whole season, uh, you know, after the 5-10 and 10 start, after the 41-41 and 41 start, after the incredible slide, after the 13-game winning streak. Like, 
for a long time, as much as we didn't expect that the Yankees would uh, would lose or would you know eliminate themselves from a playoff spot, it was just an objectively likely outcome based on the way other teams were playing and based on the way the Yankees were playing. And, you know, for all the jokes we've made about what an awful year to start a Yankees blog and all this, like, they've given us no shortage of fodder for content. And, uh, you know, right now they're in sole possession of a playoff spot. The uh, Rays odds in the last seven days have gone down by 43%. Uh, they were at 83% seven days ago. The Yankees were at 17. Now the Yankees are at 75 and the Rays are at 40. Um, you know, the Yankees can put the Rays, sorry, the Blue Jays rather. The Blue Jays are the team that is not very likely to make the playoffs. The Yankees can put the Blue Jays away in this series. If they sweep the Blue Jays with Tyone Cole and Kluber on the mound, they can put them away. Uh, and I recommend that they do that because they're not going to get any favors from the Red Sox or Blue Jays when they're not playing them. The Yankees have to play the Rays in the last series of the year. The Red Sox and Blue Jays play the Orioles and Twins. They're not going to get any favors. We can hope that the Rays. We can hope that the Rays have already, you know, kind of called it for the season. But it's the Rays, and I'm sure they would love to stick it to the Yankees. So I would never ever count on that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So, you know, I just I just wanted to emphasize how nice it is that we are not making this podcast about a team that's been mathematically eliminated because we would make the podcast for all of you, our lovely listeners, and it would be a miserable experience. Uh, something that has not been a miserable experience has been the shift of Glaber Torres to second base from shortstop. Uh, has he still had his share of defensive issues? Sure, you know, he's not he's not the most comfortable defender at, at any position. And, you know, he might say his natural position is shortstop. The Cubs might say his natural position is shortstop. He's played an acceptable, in my view, shortstop at the major league level for a while. Uh, but the Yankees moved him back to second base, and it's had pretty good results. And one thing it's had very good results for in these last 13 games when he's been their second baseman has been his offense. Uh, he's hitting about 300 with an OPS of about 800 in that span, and that's up from 257 and 688, respectively, for his season numbers. Uh, his batting average has gone up 8 points in that time. His OPS has gone up 20 points in that time. Uh, it's entirely possible that it's a coincidence, but we can't disentangle these things. Glaber Torres has been creating a lot of runs ever since you told me that he shouldn't be creating runs. And he's been doing it in some pretty clutch situations uh, recently. You know, he obviously homered in the first Boston game and also had an RBI single in that big inning early. Um, you know, Glaber Torres has been helping the Yankees out a lot. So what do you have to say for yourself as the guy who advocated for Tyler Wade to be playing instead? So I, one, I give Glaber Torres all the credit in the world. I think that this last week has really, you know, been probably one of his best weeks of baseball. Maybe there was some early season week, but um, he's, he's been a force at the plate once again. And I think that it's important to, it's important for me. It's important for a lot of people to to realize that you know maybe the power numbers aren't going to be there this year, but there's so many other ways that he can impact the game with his bat when he's at his best. 
the go ahead double on Thursday was or Wednesday rather was um, I think one of the most important hits of the Yankees season. Um, having said that, I think that you know am I thrilled that two people are playing out of position for him and you know what that does for the defense sometimes? Not exactly. And I think that if he's going to hit like this versus what he was hitting like earlier in the year, there's definitely a difference. And I think you know that's a player that the Yankees would be lucky to have. Um, it's still it's still disappointing to see. In a, in a macro sense that, you know, he's not the hitter he was two years ago, but one, that's true for a lot of people. And two, you know, that's um, a longer term issue. So I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to say that I was wrong. I think, again, not thrilled about what it does for the defense, but I think DJ LeMahieu and G. Urshel are certainly capable of playing their new positions. And I think if Glaber is, you know, more than a singles hitter, then that's that's awesome. And, you know, we're we're all on the same side here, you know, for everyone who's coming after me on Twitter, cough, cough, maybe the other person on this podcast. Um, I would just like to say I'm glad that we have all these guys to argue about and they're all very talented and we love them all very much. Um, but yes, Glaber Torres has proven me wrong and I'm more than happy to wave the virtual white flag. Um and especially after Tyler Wade decided that sliding, hey, it's overrated. Let's not do it. Let's get tagged out instead twice. Uh, so Glaber Torres's career OPS plus, or rather OPS, is 793, and that's about the OPS that he's posted in the last uh, couple of weeks. It's been normally a lower on base, higher slug combination than what he's posted in the last two weeks. You know, he's still not quite there with the extra base hits like he used to be, but he's been at about 400-400 for slugging and on base um, since they moved him to second base. And if he does that, then he is basically the player that he used to be. Um, and that's a that's a very productive player. You know, DJ LeMahieu, who... I assume a lot of fans still fawn over, but maybe have all turned on, uh, has like a 714 OPS this year. It's not good. Um, and Glaber Torres in the last couple of weeks has been much more productive than that. And, uh, you know, the guys playing out of position thing is one thing, but uh, I think you'd be hard-pressed to take Glaber out of this lineup uh, any longer, especially given... Uh, his propensity to come through in big situations. Um, and uh, I do not apologize for the crap that I gave you on Twitter, especially since you took the position that uh, Glaber's clutch hit, um, the go-ahead double, uh, shouldn't have been necessary because he struck out earlier in the game. Uh, that was really rude of you. Um, and I know that you were probably having trouble, uh, you know, accepting that you were wrong about Glaber, but look, um, you know, I appreciate parts of your apology and, uh, maybe now you'll learn not to give up on the 24 year old two time all-star. Um, so Whipple, I think what it probably makes sense for us to do is preview these last six games. You know, we've both alluded to them a number of times. The Yankees go to Toronto for the first time since the end of 2019 and play three games. They then host the Rays for three games. Those are the last six games of the season. As you said, it's entirely possible that the Rays will have kind of packed it in by that point. 
um, and will not be truly uh, selling out to win these games. You know, they're scheduled to start Shane Boz and Drew Rasmussen, according to uh, roster resource right now. But, uh, you know, starting Shane McClanahan's a legit thing. Uh, and we'll see, obviously, which position players they keep in, who gets rest. Um, so, you know, there there are some things that remain to be figured out. Um, but the Yankees are going to go to Toronto. They're going to start Jamison Tyone, Garrett Cole, and Corey Kluber Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday against Ryu, Barrios, and Ray, the absolute unquestioned top three on Toronto's team. Um I think it's tough to say who has the advantage in the series. Um, you know, run differential would tell you that the Yankees are the worst team. Uh, the starting staffs, I would say, are probably pretty comparable. Um, I don't know how much I believe in Cy Young contender Robbie Ray, but, you know, we've seen Ryu perform at a high level for a long time. We've seen Brios perform at a high level for a long time, although. Uh, he's historically struggled with the Yankees, though not necessarily as a Blue Jay yet. Uh, once a twin, always a twin, of course. Um, it's uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, the Yankees will go into the series with a two-game lead, meaning they need to win at least one of the games or else they will be trailing. Um the Yankees can put away the, Ra- uh, the Jays with a sweep. Um, I really don't know what to make of this. Uh, it feels at the same time to me, like it's the right time and the wrong time for the Yankees to be running into the Jays. You know, obviously you want to be hot at the right time, but how many nine game winning streaks do you have in a season? How often do you win eight out of nine in a season? Like, it's hard to do, and the Yankees are coming in on a six-game winning streak. So to win the series, they would have to take at least eight out of nine games, and that's that's just hard to do. And I don't want to, you know, predict a slide, but, um, you know, this is exactly the lineup that the Blue Jays have been waiting to have together all year with Springer in it and Semien and, you know, everyone good to go. Uh this is exactly the rotation that the Blue Jays would want to throw against the Yankees. Um, although prior to him becoming a Blue Jay, the Yankees historically hit Ryu pretty hard. Um, I I really don't know what to make of this series. Where where are you when you're evaluating this? Well, I mean, it's it's tough. It's really tough. But so was what the Yankees just faced in Boston. And I think looking at these six games, um, it's kind of crazy that they're you know in the end they probably will have to go five and one to secure a lot of what they want to secure um because five and one in and if that does happen i would be incredibly impressed because five and one in the toughest offensive teams home parks would be an absolutely incredible feat especially with as much pressure as uh, the yankees have had on them but they've already taken care of the first part of it and we knew these games were going to be tough um i don't know something about this like i feel weirdly confident like i think it's one of those things where it might be looks like the blue jays might have so much of an advantage that the yankees might just like come in and do well like you just you know let's see can't predict baseball season aspect of it um Having said that, like I think a total dismantling by the Blue Jays would not shock me because they're 
really good and we saw what they did at Yankee Stadium. But I think, you know, this is the the difference and I've said this a few times, like the difference with this Yankees team or what determines success this year sometimes just seems to be are they in the right phase of like their season? Are they on a slide or are they on a tear? Because they really seem to be one or the other this year in pretty stark contrast. And right now they're on it they're they're on the upswing and last time they faced the Blue Jays they were going downhill and I honestly that factor more than anything might be the determinant of the series you know if the yankees play well and continue the success um they're they basically as you said can put the blue jays away um they're i think the blue jays hitters scare me in a way that the red sox hitters don't and that lineup is so deep and so complete um and you know it goes without saying you have to win the garrett cole start and just hope that tyon is not rusty or kluber is not shaky and you know try to win one of the other two and if you sweep then um I, you know, tip of the, the cap because that going 6-0 and in Boston, Toronto would be undoubtedly the most impressive thing the Yankees have done in a year that they've won 13 games in a row. Um, and they would have a chance to, you know, almost match that. Uh, but let's not get ahead of ourselves here. I think just going out and winning one game at a time and um, really starting out strong on Tuesday, I think setting a tone is really important because we saw what they did in the Boston series, that first game was over in the early innings and off a pretty good pitcher who has done well against the Yankees in Evaldi. Um, so it shows the Yankees are capable of doing something like that to a good pitcher in a road park. And I think it would be really important to just get out strong in that first uh, game against the Blue Jays. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, I'm noting that roster resource actually disagrees between the Yankees page and the Blue Jays page about uh, who will be starting for Toronto. So the Blue Jays have already said that Ryu is going to be activated from the IL and start on Tuesday. Ross Stripling is the projected starter. Um, and Ryu, his stay on the IL is only going to have been 10 days, but uh, he didn't pitch more than... He didn't pitch out of the third inning in either of his prior two starts. So it's entirely possible that we could see someone piggybacking him uh, because it doesn't seem like he'd necessarily be stretched out. It would be, uh, you know, three, almost four weeks since he had pitched uh, pitched more than two and a third innings. Um, and then second, uh, roster resource has Steven Matz going on Wednesday against Cole, whereas... Uh, on the on the Blue Jays site, whereas on the Yankees site, it has Brios and Ray each moved up a day to pitch on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, obviously, it doesn't seem like the Blue Jays can afford to have anyone other than Ryu, Brios, and Ray pitching, but uh, it's just there's an interesting wrinkle there that I didn't quite grasp at the beginning. Um, and I think you're right, uh, especially with the explosiveness of Toronto's offense getting them down early and getting into their bullpen, which is, uh, you know, mediocre to bad, depending on which stats you're looking at, um, is going to be really valuable because this is a team that you need to bury. Uh, mediocre pitchers do not fare well against this offense. They're first in home runs. They're second in batting average. They're first in OPS. They're third in runs scored. They're fourth in on base. 
um, you know, they're a really complete and potent offensive attack. So it's, you're right. The formula is get out to a lead early, run away and hide, you know, get so far away that they can't catch you. Um, and obviously win the Garrett Cole start, um, look, here we are going into the last week of the season with the Yankees in sole possession of a playoff spot with the opportunity to uh, come off a sweep of a division rival that put them in the playoff position that they're in and then put away another division rival with a strong series. Um, I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that. No, you, you definitely can't. And um, it, it's it's going to be fun. I mean, I think like going back to what you said about terrible year to start Yankees blog, I think this this season has really encapsulated pretty much every aspect of a baseball season, a good, you know, good stretch, a bad stretch, important games, uh, game, you know, back when we thought the Yankees were going to walk away with the postseason spot, like a chance to just relax. It, it's been so up and down and it's only fitting that it's going to end with these important games because um, that's just how the 2021 Yankees do it. There's no, um, there, there's no just easy no easy wins and no stretches where you can just tune out and know they're going to coast it's a fight all the way um so far you know so far so good but um a lot can change in the next six days absolutely so whipple uh you know we recorded this early on a monday morning but uh not early enough that we don't have to go do work so real quick confidence out of 10 in this team right now i'm back up to an eight um, and I think these next three games are going to decide how the season is going to end because, um, you know, if you can put away the Blue Jays, you can rest a little easier against the Rays. But if you if the Blue Jays come out and sweep you, those last few games are going to be very stressful and the Yankees might not control their own destiny, which is the scariest thought. Um, but what before right before that, also shout out to Alex Rodriguez. Speaking of, you know, close and important games, shout out to Alex Rodriguez for saying the Yankees should have just run Montgomery out there no matter how many runs he gave up in a postseason clinching or deciding game, just to develop him as a starter. Um, as you said, we love A-Rod, but he doesn't really remember successful aspects of baseball. So my confidence in A-Rod is about a one and a half right now. Yeah, A-Rod, who had endeared himself to me by the end of 2009, has done away with just about all that goodwill. Uh, as far as confidence, I think I'm right there with you at an eight. The Yankees have shown that the formula for them to win still exists, that they can do so sustainably, that they can get contributions from, you know, an assorted group of guys. Like, it's easy to forget Glaber Torres, uh, Gio Urshela, Anthony Rizzo um, all had kind of pivotal, even DJ LeMahieu all had kind of pivotal hits uh, in this series. Um, you know, it's all about Stanton, but it really was a team effort. Um, if they can go get two out of three from Toronto and control their own destiny going into that series with Tampa, uh, I'm going to be very happy. So put me at an eight and, uh, look, man, we got six games to go in this baseball season and the Yankees are in sole possession of a playoff spot. Let's go beat these birds up and, uh, let's go Yankees. (laughs) 